When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. You're listening to a Castaway Media Podcast. Find more great shows at Castaway.media or find us on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Castaway Podcasts. Welcome to episode 35 of Pod Rooney. I hope you had a great Christmas and, and, and uh, I hope you're having a great 2016 and all that malarkey. I was just down Slane earlier, the lovely village of Slane, and this uh, weather has made the river unbelievable in an awful hurry. The, the river is flying along in an awful hurry trying to get out to the sea or maybe to Drada. Might be something not in Drada tonight or something. But... Uh, I had an interesting Christmas. And you know when you're eating the uh, old bacon and turkey and all that malarkey and then you have a pet, a cat or a dog, you look at them and you think to yourself, well, well, what's the difference here between one animal and another? One animal you pet and you bring for a walk and the other animal you eat. Like a pig is a very intelligent animal. As far as I know, a pig is more intelligent than a, a dog. As far as I know, but... That could be wrong, but equally intelligent, I would imagine. And you, you you look into the eyes of your dog and you pet it. And then you look into... I don't look into the eyes of a pig, but if I did have one, I would. And you eat it. So I think we should all really change our attitude to, to animals in that way. I think maybe next Christmas I'll have a, I'll have a chihuahua and cat for Christmas dinner. Put them all on the same level. So I'm going to um, go into town uh, next week and bring my son in to see a jazz band. I believe there's a good jazz night on in the International downstairs on a Thursday night. So I'm going to have a look at that because I want to see if he'll uh, be, he'll be into that. Now, I don't... Huge. I like jazz. I like Miles Davis. I like that kind of thing. There is some jazz, of course, that is a load of toss. You know the kind of jazz where they start off... There's three of them. There's a drummer. Let's say it's a drummer, bass player, uh, trumpet, let's say. And then they start a song that you know, some old classic, like, um, let me say, Night and Day. You know, Night and Day. So it'd be like... We start off like that. You know the song. You reckon, oh, yeah, that's Night and Day. And then they just do a bar of that. And... Uh, four bars or whatever and then they just go mental and the trumpet player just goes, starts going <laughs> and then he finishes there's a round of applause and the drummer goes <laughs> finishes there's a round of applause and then the bass player maybe goes <laughs> finishes a round of applause and then they go back in and then finish that's a load of bollocks really isn't it I mean somebody wrote that song and they spent time thinking of melody 
And so you don't, and, and so you got these three guys who go, look at us, we're brilliant musicians, we're going to start off the song, but then we're just going to do anything we feckin' like and just show off, just show off. I mean, if you are a great musician, that doesn't mean you have to play every note that you know every time you get um, to play. And it doesn't mean you get a solo every and so it's a lot of time. It'd be like if you went to a football match and they started off for about five, ten minutes, they played a normal football match, and then they just stopped and they gave the player the one player the ball and he just tossed it around and kneaded it up and headed it in the air and juggled it for about five minutes and everyone gave him a round of applause and then another player did the same thing. That would be a load of shit. So I mean basically that is a load of shit, isn't it? Showing off shit. Anyway, uh oh yeah. So uh next up I'm talking to Richie Egan of uh Jape. Um, became aware of Jay um, from that song Floating and been to see them live at the Electric Picnic uh, fantastic they were ah, brilliant so uh, um, uh, enjoy that and I'll see you on the other side This is happening. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's the way it goes. Well, we're way off mic, but yeah. Um, so, uh, if you want to use headphones, go. No, ahead. I'm okay. Yeah, I'll, yeah. U- I'll use them just yeah, so yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So you can tell if I'm speaking loud enough. Yeah. I'll turn my phone onto airplane mode. Cool. <clears throat> um, well, listen, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Joe. Yeah. I'm very happy to come in. Yeah, I uh, I saw you at the Electric Picnic just gone oh, with yeah. my daughter who's 14 no and way. we both were just no way. top gig. Brilliant. Cool. Yeah. And it was uh, really good fun, actually. It was a good one because we don't yeah. we don't normally play with a band that big, you know, so having uh-huh. the Book of Brass band guys and the female backing yeah. singers was a, a real treat oh, for us. Oh, God, it was fucking brilliant. I was dancing me, me head off. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was a good weekend. Well, I trying to not to go too mad because I my 14-year-old yeah, daughter. Yeah, daughter, of course. <laughs> yeah. No, I enjoyed well, the picnic this week, or this, this week, this year. Yeah. I went down on the Friday, then came back on the Saturday, and then went back down again on the Sunday. So it's All kind right. of a good way to do it, like two days, but with a day of recovery in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did you get, what did you go and see then? You, uh, mm-hmm. I saw Tame Impala, Tame Impala, who I really liked. Enough. I saw Girl Band, another Irish band. Actually, yeah. no, no. Really amazing. Yeah? Yeah, it was cool. They're my two favourite things. And I saw Pond after you. Yeah, Pond, yeah. They're brilliant. Yeah, yeah, they were good. Actually, members of Tame Impala. Yeah, some of the members, yeah. 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 But I didn't get to see Tame Impala. And my son uh, loves them. They were really good. I thought it was a little bit, like, because there was my two albums, well, my there were two albums for me were Suf John Stevens and Tame Impala this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Suf John Stevens in the Helix and it blew me away. Like, I've been going to gigs for about 20 years. Best Mm. gig I think I've ever been on. Oh no! Yeah, I was gonna go to that. Because people, people were like crying in the first song. Like the whole, I looked around, everybody was crying, oh. and then like basically it was just like that intense for the whole oh, gig. Shit, yeah, it was we... amazing. But Tame Impala was strangely disappointing yeah. for me. A oh, lot really? of my friends really liked it, but I just thought it felt a bit almost too perfect or something. It was yeah, like, yeah, it was pretty cool. Like the sound, like it wasn't raw enough. No, the sound or... was good. It was more just like it just felt like. Listening to the album or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it didn't feel like a lot of connection for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was probably on a lot of 
alcohol and oh right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Time, so. it helps uh, no it doesn't it helps sometimes yeah yeah uh, what was I going to say oh Sufjan Feck because I saw uh, I saw his gig in the Olympia after the the the, uh, the previous album yeah and that was amazing and this album's intense the I album mean, is so it's my favorite his, I think it's one of my favorite albums I've ever heard that's of John Stevens record yeah um, and he didn't get a Grammy nomination I was looking at them today yeah that's bizarre because like it's insanely good album. And no, it's incredible. Not to get the nod for a Grammy is kind of weird. I saw him play in the Douglas Hyde Gallery about six or seven years, maybe ten years ago now, with yeah. just him and a banjo. Yeah? And yeah, just him and, a, and there was only like 50 people at the gig. It was good, but not as good as the um, Helix. The Helix, he had a full six-piece band. And yeah. It was incredible. Oh, man, no, I'm going to... Anyway, that's it. I can't go now. Um, me and my, my daughter would be... Hang around the house singing, we're all gonna die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that bit was amazing, actually. Was it? Gig, yeah. yeah. Really, he made it really intense. It was like really like electronic kick drum and it was brilliant. Yeah. Well, as, as brilliant as it can be to realise yeah. that you will be dead one day. Uh, you, you really got to realise that to enjoy life, don't you? You got to, yeah. Big yeah. Every day. So uh, speaking of dying, where, did, where were you born? <laughs> <laughs> I was born in, uh, I think, the Coombe, actually. In the comb, and maybe James's. I actually can't remember. Oh well, I obviously can't remember, but I can't remember what I was told. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was the comb, though. It was comb. I remember it was half nine in the morning. Again, I don't remember, but I was told it was half. Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's half nine in the morning, yeah. and uh, you thirtieth of December as well. It's the worst day of the year to oh have a birthday. God. The day before New Year's Eve. Yeah. So and five days after Christmas. So all your scabby aunties. Just buy one present. One present. Not yeah. that my aunties are scally, but if they yeah. were, that's yeah. what they would do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not really a party, is it? It's it's New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. nobody wants to go out on the 30th of December. Yeah. Nobody ever wants to go out on the 30th yeah. of December. And so where'd you grow up? In Crumlin. In Crumlin, yeah. 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 And, uh, Born and bred. And um, many brothers and sisters? Or? One sister, Claire. Yeah. Uh, the two, yes. Who's still with us. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, you're not that old, Richie. <laughs> I, know. I know, yeah, yeah, uh, Claire, I'm my uh, little sister. Well, I call her little. She's like 32 now or something, but she's yeah. still my little sister. Yeah, and uh, and wh- uh, what did your dad do? My dad worked uh, as a he worked on the ferries mainly. Oh, did he? Yeah, so working w- over to England. Be an eye line. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that one. And yeah. the Swansea Cork ferry then from Swansea, Swansea to Cork. Cork. Oh, Surprisingly yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The name gives it away. <laughs> <laughs> but he worked yeah. on the ferry. So we had a very kind of cool childhood where my dad would be away for two weeks and then home yeah. for two weeks. But oh, that meant yeah. that you get presents every two weeks. So that was cool. Oh, did he bring stuff back? He used from to bring stuff back. I'm from the UK. So like yeah. Argos in the UK. We didn't have Argos then. Yeah. Woolworths. So like if you wanted to get like a Spectrum 48K or something. Yeah. Me dad could get it. Like he was always getting shopping and stuff for the neighbours and all, you know. I want a Commodore that's, 64. That's brilliant, yeah. actually. It was cool. Do you know what's really shit now is that the shops are all the same no matter where you go. I know. And it's yeah. pretty shit. All the high streets are the same. Yeah. And it is sad. And touring around, like we did a couple of tours around Europe and toured the States and all. And well, the States not so much, but mainly Europe. All the high streets are exactly the same. Yeah, the shops are the and same. And I live in Sweden and the, the high street is basically the same as Grafton Street. Yeah. But without the good pubs. No, we'd have to go yeah. pubs, but yeah. the, I mean, there was one thing I could get uh, last year. I was in uh, New York, and my daughter—I keep mentioning my daughter for, for some reason today. Uh, she wanted some stuff from Aero Postal or Aero Postal or whatever they're called, and they—they they, you couldn't get them here, and I got yeah. her those stuff, which is amazing. But now they're opening a shop here. What, so what is that? It's a clothes shop. Clothes shop. I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean it's—it's it's just that it says Aero Postal. You know, yeah. she's young and. That's it must be cool to go to gigs with your daughter. I have a little two-year-old, and I'm yeah. hoping she gets into music. But I have a friend 
Niall, who has three kids. Yeah. And they're not really into music. Well, what his little girl is, but, well, she's 14, but she she's kind of into music, but his, kid, his sons are not really so into it. Yeah. I'm hoping Anya gets into music because... It's was, really cool. And my yeah. son is 17 and he's really into me. I mean, he's like, cool. he's playing guitar, bass, or he's writing songs, recording yeah. them at home. So he's totally. You, can, you can't into force music. it into them, though. You can't, no. Yeah. But no. it must be great when they're but into it. Then yeah. I thought Duane yeah. wasn't, and, and, and uh, just in the last year. So, and, and it was great that we got to go together to Electric Picnic because my son was doing a gig. And, was he? Yeah. Was he playing down there? No, no, no. At the, not at the Electric Picnic. He was doing a gig that weekend or oh, something. Yeah, He's cool. got a band like yeah, yeah, plays cool. around. Yeah, cool. What kind of stuff does uh, he play? It's, uh, it's, uh, ooh, it's guitar-y now. Um, God, he's really into Tame Impala and he's, that's kind of, he's going that way. Do you know yeah. what? At that age, they change really. Yeah, you change. Change, constantly changing. I used changing. to be in bands at that age yeah. and you have a song which is like your Tame Impala song or my day was a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. Yeah, and yeah, You have like yeah. a Fugazi song, then a Nirvana song. But you're finding your feet, you know. Yeah, he's finding his feet. So I, when I played some of the songs, uh, no, they don't say sound like ah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, so, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> so, when you were growing up there, did you? Were you? How did you? Into music was music a big thing in the in the house? When I was well, my mother used to listen to Patsy Cline a lot, and yeah, my father yeah. was always into like the Beatles and the Monkeys and stuff like that. Sixties, yeah, yeah. So it was always yeah. that kind of stuff going. But basically, for me, it all began when I was about thirteen or fourteen, and Nirvana. Mm. Yeah. Like Smells Like Teen Spirit. Right, that was Basically, it. that's the one that's that... just blew my mind. It's just everything. Yeah. My whole life changed. That was your... In a great way, you know? Yeah. And I saw a world, because it was pre-internet. So yeah. I didn't know that this world existed of these American hardcore bands that basically toured in vans and yeah. played to 20 people, you know? And like, that for me was the whole beginning. Uh, um, and since then, it's never really changed, you know? Yeah. No, it was amazing when they came out because I'm like, I'm a bit older than you, and I thought, ah, music's gone shit now. Yeah, and then they turned up. Yeah, and here's yeah. the thing: music's kind of gone shit right now. So who's going to come out? Yeah, now hopefully. I feel like there will. Do you know? And maybe the internet has kind of leveled the playing field. Maybe there's not a, a, a thing for a generational voice band to exist anymore. Maybe people listen to too mm. much stuff or something. I don't know. It feels like. That band won't exist again, but then again, before Nirvana, people probably said that Nirvana would never exist, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you're waiting for that band. That yeah. Even adults go, oh no, these are the, the real deal. Although I did no. watch Montage of Heck recently and I was very dis- Did you watch that? No. no. Are you a Nirvana fan? Yeah. Don't watch it. No. Yeah, because he just comes across as a really petulant, annoying... Yeah. Junkie child, basically, yeah. It's really... I felt really sad after watching it. There's uh. all these songs that are part of me... I was watching it going, oh man, he's just such a selfish junkie. Yeah. Not, not a nice human. But junkies are selfish. Yeah, well, for sure. And But like yes. to see it, I kind of like, like there's no Santa Claus kind of vibe. Mm. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So don't watch that one. <laughs> okay, I won't watch it. I won't watch it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and uh, was your mother into music then as well? Yes. My mom was into, like she used to listen to music. At the time I used to hate, I used to hate Patsy Cline. Now I love Patsy Cline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she was also into really bad stuff like Bette Midler. You are the wind beneath my wings. Do you know that tune? <laughs> Midler, yeah, I know yeah, that. I know. Yeah. Wind beneath my wings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and did she work as well? Is no, it, my mother no, just, just, just raised us. Because Not just. Don't say just. My mother, because my dad was away so much, then my mother... <laughs> yeah, she had yeah, to be. And my grandmother lived with us for the first 10 years of my life. Oh, really? So that was... That's yeah, cool, was isn't cool. it, having a granny in the house, is it? It was great, yeah. She taught me yeah. how to tie my laces. And well, she made me uh, cups of tea. We used to watch Trevor MacDonald on yeah. the 10 o'clock news. Together. Oh yeah, because I didn't have gra- uh, a grandparent. I mean, uh, not that I remember. Yeah, uh, you don't remember any? I need him. No? no, there was one alive until I was like something like two or three. Yeah, and okay. I, but I don't remember. I do remember maybe that she gave some toys that she gave me that yeah. I still had. 
matchbox cars yeah that I actually cut the roofs off and made into <laughs> convertibles but anyway yeah. but uh, yeah. Yeah. but uh, uh, so um, sorry so then in school were you into music when did you start learning well, like, did, I was really you, good in school until I got into music to be honest yeah, yeah. I, I used to be like in my junior year I got like all A's and B's and stuff and then yeah. I joined a band that was the end of me yeah. no interest in school after that basically playing down the rock garden at those three band bashes night down in yeah. Bagot Inn, that kind of stuff. So you know? joined the band at school when you were in yeah, school? Yeah, we were all in school. We had we Which had a full band. They were a terrible band called Parasite. Yeah. We had a manager, Jimmy, who I'm still friends with. He lives yeah. on my road. And he used to go down. To, we used to make him go to the phone box at, at Sally's Bridge. Yeah. And we used to make him go in and pay like money and yeah. ring up like venues and go, Hello, I'm, <laughs> I'm a 13-year-old manager of a band. We want to put him on. So we, we did loads of gigs. Our yeah. teachers used to come. Our teacher, Mr. Cloudy, yeah. came. Miss, what was her name? Oh, I was a really hot teacher that we had that we all fancied. She yeah, came, and she, she came. came to her gig. Wow. We were all just like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my uh, next door neighbor, her, she was going to Loretta College. Yeah. So she came down to the gig with like loads of hot girls, which we just sat in the dressing room yeah. and we were afraid to go out and talk to them. Nice but, one. Yeah, it was cool. So being in a band gave me a real sense of yeah. identity, you know, and that was just from then on. That that sense of community, I still feel it in Dublin today. You know that musicians, it's probably the same in in comedy. That musicians, yeah. uh, it's such a small place that it's inspiring to see what your mates are up to. Yeah, you know, play with each other, collaborate together, and, mm. and stuff. Yeah. So that's I think it's it. a slightly different scene. When I was in a band, actually, in my in my early twenties, yeah. and there was very. It was what were they called? Guernica. 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 Okay, Guernica. I heard, or Guernica. Yeah, I think I heard yeah. of you guys. Oh, a few yeah. vinyls yeah. that are are still go up for sale. Uh, yeah. And uh, people in Spain. Well, obviously, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and a few Japanese for some reason. Yeah. Anyway. And uh, but there was a bit more rivalry. Now I see now that that bands do like with you. You do side projects and blah blah blah. It's not as I think Dublin is such a small place and I've seen because yeah. I've been around the block a few times and those people who come out and go I'm the real shit like you know mm. I'm number one blah 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 and who don't kind of reach out to other people they always end up in Whelan's <laughs> yeah. pissed out of their minds like bitter you know yeah. what I mean? so yeah. for me it's very important to keep in contact with the younger bands coming up and yeah. I get so inspired by looking at like and getting younger and younger as well yeah. like there's like some 18 year old with a laptop on Ableton making something that's amazing and you're going yeah. oh man I'm double that dude's age but still it's all from the same creative kind of voice you know yeah yeah and it's good to see yeah. unless you're Pugwash <laughs> well let's get on to Pugwash later <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't wait actually yeah. but anyway so, so what was that first band that was called yeah, Parasite, called Parasite. And what yeah. did you play in that I played uh, guitar in that one actually guitar yeah I was not so good at guitar yeah. it was only when I took a bass I started getting good Right, right, yeah. right. And there's what's the next band then? Parasite. After oh, Parasite. a band called Black Belt Jones. Wow. Yeah, we're like a punk pop band, mm. and it's really annoying because, like, I'd say the first good band I was in was the Redneck Manifesto, right? Yeah. And the lads in that band, like Matthew, he was in a band called the Waltons before, and they were influenced by like Captain Beefheart and oh yeah, like really cool stuff that still today is cool. But yeah. I was in Black Belt Jones. We were influenced by like No FX, Green Day. You oh, know, right. yeah. Which yeah, nowadays yeah. is not so cheesy and they still slag me about the pop punk days with bleached hair <laughs> oh, did you? Short, yeah. short trousers and oh really kind of like busted kind of those uh, coordinated jumps <laughs> scissor jumps <laughs> classic yeah, yeah, super yeah. super lame but I was young <laughs> yeah sure and man. you're learning you know and that was because yeah, yeah. I was really into skateboarding 
Yeah. Well, oh, I, yeah. I could not skateboard to save my life. And I would always go around <laughs> and carry a skateboard around with me yeah. and try and like look cool with all the skateboarders. And like they would just be like, oh, he's a total sap. But then with Black Belt Jones, the skateboarders start coming to the gigs and they were like, you're, a, you're in a band, you're cool. And I was like, chew the skateboard away. I'm, it's not for me. I'm a musician. That's what I want to do. Yeah. So. You just at that, like you say about your son, at that age, you're finding yourself. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. don't know whether you're going to be a footballer or a fucking post office. Yeah, but it's funny that, yeah, the skateboarder thing. So they they were probably dying to have a band. The skateboarders well, wanted, the skateboarders we needed, we needed wanted a band. to play. Yeah, they wanted to play. Yeah, exactly. And like, there was. It was I cool. mean, a band to watch. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. Yeah, identify yeah, yeah. with. And we yeah, wore yeah. all the skate clothes. Like, we, we yeah, looked like yeah. skateboarders, but like, yeah, <laughs> couldn't do anything. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, buying the correct shoes for example <laughs> so now we were a band who wore these correct shoes and skateboarders were into us cool. and I remember doing one gig in a did you sing or yeah I yeah, sang yeah, in that band I sang and played bass in that yeah, band yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we did one gig in a place called the Fusion Bar that was on Townsend Street Yeah. and one time I was going it was also an early house and we did mm. a gig and the next day I was going out with my dad to collect our equipment you know roadie style me and my dad and we went in and all it was just full of prostitutes after a night out. Oh, yeah. They'd like be just like they'd go there to kind of like have a just take the out. edge off it basically. Yeah, so yeah. I was walking in with all these prostitutes like carrying out my app, my dad was like, What what are you up to? Like what are you doing? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I was the, I was redneck the next Yeah, after Redneck we, we, yeah, we yeah. were still in I was still in Black Belt Jones, but one of the lads moved to Germany and the other mm-hmm. guy went to Australia and then all the rednecks were in different bands. All the redneck manifesto yeah. were in different bands. And we just joined together, and that was the first time for me, anyway, where like something really clicked musically. Yeah. That was like amazing, yeah. you know. That yeah. was cool, and we were so lucky. Like all of our gigs in Dublin uh, were just like sold out from the very first one. Yeah, yeah, you know, which was amazing for us. Like we started gigging in 1998, and uh, because we had followings from the other bands we were in, people mm. were interested to come and see us, and we just. We started to play. And actually that band, mm. Girl Band, that I mentioned that I saw, they're, they're the one Irish band, I would say now, that kind of remind me of the Rednecks at mm. the time, where basically the people in the band all just fit together really well and mm. their they're kind of their musical like vibe just really feels like this, more than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I love that shit, you know, and that was with the Rednecks was the first time I felt that. Yeah, yeah. So, and how did you write with the Redneck Manifesto? Redneck Manifesto was complete democracy. Like yes, yeah. we started as four members and we ended up as six members after a load of years. But basically, the only way we ever wrote was in a room together. At the start, yeah. jamming, just kind of jamming thing. for ages, like and then yeah. picking out a bit, picking out another bit, or somebody might come in with a riff, yeah, and we yeah. kind of work on that riff. But together, always that, and mm-hmm. that's one thing I miss a lot about being in Sweden is the fact that we can't jam together, yeah, yeah, anymore because yeah. like it's such an amazing, it's meditative, you know, it's a really meditative thing, and mm. uh, to just zone out and play music, like it's like mm. you just forget about your worries for a while and also uh, you won't come up with the same thing writing on your own will you that kind of no and that's precisely down this is why I like collaborating with people because when you are a musician you have a sense of timing which is basically when you play a song you will hear it in a particular way you'll hear the beat on the one here or the two there whatever. whereas when you play with other people they will do something and you will not you'll go I would never have thought of that you know Mm. and then it's finding that and learning from their timing how you can broaden your own Mm. is uh is one reason why I absolutely love to play with as many musicians as possible. Yeah, right, yeah. And so did you tour a lot with the Redneck? We did. We right, toured the good. States twice. We toured Japan uh, cool. once. We did Australia. Oh, no, did we? oh that was with Jape. Uh, we did mm. Europe 
three or four times. Yeah. We've been all over the world, yeah, and always great. And the thing with the Rednecks that always surprised me was, because we were doing it on a sort of a Fugazi DIY level, right? Mm. Whenever you go back to someone's gaff, they have the same records as you, the same books. They bring you to the good record stores in the city they live, yeah. the good bars, and like oh, it was an yeah, amazing yeah. thing. Whereas when you tour on a kind of a bigger level, which I've done a couple of times with different outfits, it's so impersonal. You have like yeah. the equivalent of MCD or something putting you on, mm-hmm. and basically it's like, yeah, here's your venue, mm. and you're staying in this hotel. Like mm-hmm. that's it. Whereas the DIY route is so. So how do you do that? Well, say you're going to the states and you want to, you you do your own tour. Yeah, how, how, you ring up. Well, you need a contact. booking agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but in the States, we were so lucky because we, uh, how do we meet Taj? There's a guy called Taj. Yeah. And a, another guy called Sandy who are BMXers. Yeah. And BMX, like, is huge, obviously, in the world, but yeah. it's not something that I knew anything about. Yeah. And nothing about BMX. And um, basically, we did a gig in Belfast, and Sandy, who's from Scotland originally, but now lives in Austin and Texas, he was at the gig and he was blown away by us. And he was like, Oh, you have to come to America. And mm. we were like, Oh, yeah, you know, whatever. And then he was like, I'll get your sponsorship with Etnies, you know, I'll put my your music on the Etnies DVD or whatever it was, which are yeah. a kind of a BMX skate clothing company. Oh, right. Okay. So that was the first thing that kind of happened. And then we got this video back with like air music on it. And we got like loads of like shoes and loads of jumpers. You, you and got stuff. stuff yeah. Loads just of stuff. We were like, this is cool. This is great. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. suddenly we just like, all these Excellent. BMXers like kind of at us. Blah, oh, blah, really? Blah. Yeah. And then Taj, who runs a BMX company called Terrible One in, in Austin, he yeah. was like, I want to drive you around America. I'm going to book a tour for you. You have to come over and do it. So we, yeah. did, we did it. And uh, that was the first time. And it was amazing. We were playing like all these crazy little venues, crazy skate parks, and selling yeah. shitloads of merch. And like, what's his name? What's the Matt Hoffman? Yeah, he's number one BMXer in the world. He came to one of our gigs. Yeah, and we were all just like, "Cool, I don't actually know who you are, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's cool." So that was how we got into the stage with the Rednecks. And yeah, what stuff. is the, what is the link between a style like BMXers and what is there a particular t- style of music? Then they will. One thing I realised actually is the same with skateboarding and the same with BMXing is that. Those people who do that, and it's kind yeah. of like what I said earlier, it's a form of self-expression. Yeah. Like, I can't play guitar, but I can do a 360 on a BMX, yeah. that kind of thing. So it's coming from the same kind of creative well, I suppose. Yeah. And I think they see that, We, you would see that in them, and they see that in you. Yeah. And I think there's a kind of a cross-pollination. Right, right, right. So it was so amazing to meet all those people in, in the States. Uh, and what, what part of the States did you go to? Oh man, we went all over. So we, mm. we, we flew into Austin, we did a gig in Austin and then we drove directly to Florida, which is an 18 hour drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go to Florida and we went all the way up the East Coast, mm. all the way across, the, then all the way down. We never did the West Coast actually. Oh, right, we only okay. did like the mid and the East. Yeah, coast. yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, we did that. Yeah. Twice or three times in a, in a van driving in a van driving. yeah 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 well, it's actually not that bad drive you done gigs in the states I've done uh, recently in the last couple of years yeah I didn't like drive though I was, the, I flew, you're flying I flew, yeah. I flew, we flew yeah. in Australia but the, yeah, the, the, yeah, the drives yeah. in the states are not that bad because it's yeah. basically even though like in Ireland ten hour drive would kill you but in the yeah. states it's like you're it's on a motorway, on a motorway and it's yeah. straight right know, yeah. so it's grand and you sleep in the van. Uh, we were watching Corby Enthusiasm actually mostly. Really? <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> had the whole season of Corby Enthusiasm many times over. And and what other bands would be in the same? Well, there's a band now, and so I watch you from afar. Do you know those? Oh guys? yeah, yeah, yeah. Are oh, they from Northern Ireland? They're from Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I've it's basically them, like there's a whole yeah. there's a Henry Rollins uh, mm. audio book called Get in the Van. Yeah. And basically, if you listen to that, you will hear 
the way it is for a lot of like DIY bands. So you've yeah. got like a lot of tears in the music industry. Yeah. But that DIY thing is where I come from originally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the best, you know? Yeah. Because it's more it's more about like experiences, adventures, you know, and kind of playing I mean it's a young man's game in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. You know? But it's so much uh I learned so much from travelling and met so many amazing people and like you know that's that's living all right as they say. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know that's kinda like Better than sitting around. Oh, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? It's fucking great. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah, fucking yeah. going out and meeting like-minded people and like drinking lots <laughs> and sleeping. No, I mean, that's much. what... And you can do that in America. Obviously, it's such a big country. It's huge. Can, Actually, the funny thing, the funniest gig we had was uh, yeah. we did a gig in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. And we were shitting it because the name the Redneck Manifesto. Oh, we were yeah. shitting it like that we were going to get shot or something <laughs> at this gig. And we went to the Birmingham, Alabama and it was the best gig of the tour. Yeah. Amazing place. Like, just like crazy... We call them rednecks. Yeah. <laughs> crazy yeah. like Southerners. Yeah. But really fantastically warm people and like... So stuff like that, you know, your mind gets blown. You kind of re-evaluate what you think about other human beings. Yeah. See, I've never been down to the South, Alabama and all that. And um, Austin's great. Yeah. yeah Austin, that's a cool place, Austin isn't it? Austin is yeah. amazing. Yeah, Austin's yeah, kind of like yeah. San Francisco or something. Right, but yeah. Texas, it's kind of, yeah. well, from my experience, was a little bit scary in a way. Yeah. A lot of Bible Belt shit going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even I did a gig, I did a, an Irish fest in Milwaukee during the summer and uh, so my material isn't, isn't uh, you know, cutting edge. Like, yeah. I'm not giving out shit about the God and all that, whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. But even what I was doing was, was, was people weren't going for it. No way. <laughs> it's like, wow. really tame enough. Yeah. But yeah. I think being but a comedian must be very hard. I'd say it's so hard because no. what the thing about like a song is when you hear a song you want to hear it again like like you want to hear a song over and over again but a joke you don't, you don't no you don't want to hear it again yeah you but that's true that once. is the one thing that every comedian goes fucking comedian the Rolling Stones can do yeah whatever yeah. can't get no satisfaction or Angie or something yeah fucking decades and decades but then again you, you, don't, have to, you don't have to load amps up fucking stairs oh that is true that is true yeah. and you I, got one little SM57 Bam, there you go. You just you walk know. in. Yeah, that's that's the cool end of it. But mm, mm. I mean, I also got like no band to pay and stuff. Oh, no, I know, I do a few gigs with a band called Cronin, or the fellas, the Cronins, and uh, Jesus, when I see what they have to do. Yeah, it's hardcore. And then when you finish the gig, you're on a high. As a comedian, you just go straight to the bar. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, but, but you've got to start beer. Take yeah. the gear down and go back yeah. out. Like I'm playing Vicar Street mm. on Saturday night, uh, mm. this week. I don't know when this is going to grow, but this Saturday. Yeah. And I'm DJing in a club afterwards and my main concern today is like how am I going to how are we going to get the gear out of the Vicar Street yeah. before and stuff like that like people don't see that things when it comes to bands you know they don't see that like loading the van no. kind of thing and it's a pain in the ass yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this this Saturday in Vicar Street yeah. alright I'm, yeah. I'm off I'm not working Cool. I'll come down. I'll stick you down on the oh, old yes. guest list nice one yeah. cool um, yeah so then uh, um, when did you start Going to, towards going JP. Well, I worked yeah. uh, as a audiovisual man mm. uh, in Dublin Castle Conference Centre for a few, a good few years, about six or seven years, mm. and I was working there in the conference centre. I was doing audio and doing visuals, and Rednecks were still going, but Rednecks was kind of like, you know, DIY. So everybody mm. kind of had a job, sort of, yeah. yeah, kind of thing. But then I was writing these songs on the side always, and with JP. I got to the age of like 24 and I was like, I, like, 
I just want to try this, you know. Mm. I want to try it because if I don't try it, I'm going to look in the mirror and be sad, basically. Mm. And I was like, if I try it and I fail, I like at least I can say I tried, sort of thing. Yeah. So I left the job. My dad was like, "What the hell are you doing? This is." Oh, you, you mean you're going to try this full time? This yeah, is yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, "If you're going to do it, you got to do it correctly." Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I basically yeah. just knocked it on the head with the AV stuff. I yeah. still ended up doing freelance stuff after that, which was great because I got yeah. actually got better money, which was brilliant yeah. but I could kind of pick and choose my days and yeah. then I was like I want to really try and not uh, do the music thing full yeah. time yeah. kind of thing so I started doing and that did you also want to do a different style did you well the thing the with me is that like all my friends when I was growing up were into metal and I was into yeah. like Simon and Garfunkel and stuff like that oh, yeah, like, yeah. so I was always into melodic pop music yeah and so I, I would write these really crappy tapes that I would make myself with, like songs that were just like recorded on a four track yeah like Bad enough stuff, but eventually With got acoustic. acoustic guitar, yeah. like whatever I could find around the yeah. house, turning the tape over, doing a backwards guitar solo all right, yeah. kind of thing, all that kind cool. of stuff. And uh, then I uh, started doing that and then I got Jape on the go. Um, and Leagues, actually, I don't know if you know Leagues. Leagues are too, yeah. I he, don't know him. But him and Dave O'Grady, they, after a certain amount of time of doing a few solo gigs, mm. they put out an album called Cosmosphere, which is basically me in a Voca in Wicklow with a bag mm. of grass yeah. and a recorder and a week and basically eight songs. There, mm-hmm. There's the album kind of thing. But mm. weirdly enough, I think this is good for all musicians that once you get an album out there, something starts. You know? Right, yeah. It's like it starts. Up to that point, it's all pie in the sky to a certain extent. Mm. But once you put an album out, even if it's only a limited run, I think there's only 500 of that album. On what format? CD. CD. Yeah. yeah. And really expensive plastic packaging, which we insisted on. They would probably still hate us for that for this day. Yeah. It was like each one had a sticker on the, on the actual plastic. Yeah. But, uh, so we stuck that out. And then after I stuck that out, then it was like, okay, cool. That's when I went, I want to do this full yeah. time yeah. then I started writing uh, as many songs as I could write loads and loads of songs uh, for me the whole thing changed when I wrote that song Floating, Floating yeah. yeah and that basically just basically changed my whole life because what happened then was people yeah. who would not listen to me or talk to me basically loads of people started coming towards me yeah. and when the raconteurs covered that song yeah. that was basically the moment that my life changed and luckily mm. for me I had a lot of songs written because I'd, I'd already made the decision to do it full yeah. time so that was just really fortuitous that that happened yeah. so when people came to me so I basically like, what happens for anyone who doesn't know is uh, the song Floating came out and I think it was the story I heard is it was playing in Whelan's one of the guys from Raconteurs goes in which guy I can't remember Brendan uh, Benson Brendan Benson yeah. goes in hears the song and asks what, what is that yeah. right? and uh then they play it live. And then they covered it, yeah. They yeah. covered it on the whole tour, yeah. which was completely bizarre. And I was actually yeah. doing a gig with the Rednecks in the Rose of Tralee Festival, in, well, obviously in Tralee. Yeah. And I was there, and I'd actually arranged with my wife, Nomi, that we were going to stay there for a few days. And yeah. we went down, and we were like, oh, this place, I'm not really, no offence to people who live in Tralee, but we were like, I don't really want to stay down. Like, this is, you know, it's not, there's not much to do, basically, if you're not a member of the Rose of Tralee. Yeah. Committee or yeah. party or something. <laughs> right, yeah. uh, so basically that night after we did the gig, we were out having a drink after the gig and I got a phone mm. call from a guy and it was like, I think Alistair from Whelan's and it was like, hey man, this is Brendan Benson on the phone um, from the Tours." I was just like, mm. okay. He's like, we're playing tomorrow in the Olympia. We're going to play your song or whatever. Really? Yeah. 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 And Straight I was like, okay, holy shit. That's crazy. I should probably come back to Dublin. So we went back mm. up to Dublin and went there and see the gig and then Jack White playing the riff that I had written mm. was like 
really, really surreal experience. And yeah. then everything kind of started after that. Stuck the, I think the album might be already. Well, the album was obviously already and out by then. Well, how long was the song out? At, at the well, album it came out in two thousand and four. I actually can't remember to be honest. Yeah, but it was yeah. a while. Was it was it? a while out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah, a while yeah. out kind of thing. And then that came out. Then I got signed to V two, and just been just making music. The song is, is amazing, and uh, yeah. You, you're probably fed up with it now, it's, are you? Uh, no, I, like, I don't want to say I'm fed up with it. The lyrics are great, you it's know. Like, the lyrics are quite good, but yeah. I musically I would do it differently now. Oh, really? But, well, you know, what, you know what I mean? I went to see the Kinks play, and yeah. uh, Ray Davis started with Waterloo Sunset, and it was so amazing. Yeah. But I wonder, does he go, uh, Waterloo Sunset, you know? But you, people want to hear it, so I believe that if you're entertaining people... If you're a band yeah. and they have a song that you like, you ha- you can't. I think you ha- you ha- kind of have to play. Yeah, well, I mean, like you can go to Neil Young route. I saw Neil Young play with yeah. uh, Crazy Horse, the RDS. Yeah, and I was very disappointed. He yeah. started a gig with a twenty minute guitar solo with his back to the crowd, and some people are going, "Oh, what do you expect when you go and see Crazy Horse?" And you're kind of going, "Yeah, but like these people paid seventy quid for a ticket." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give them. Yeah. Like give and take, you know. That's yeah. Like, now I saw Neil Young in Vicar Street when he was just on his own, and it was uh, he did three or four Greendale nights. Yes, tour, yeah. and he yeah. played that album yeah. for the first half, and it told a story, and I'd never heard the album, and yeah. it was brilliant actually. Yeah, cool. did work. That worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, but it was a kind of intimate thing, and yeah. then he played the stuff yeah. in the second half. But I mean, it's I, like, I know yeah. what you mean. I mean, a bit it, of it's both. That, it's I that think. whole thing of a bit like of both. you know, yeah, it is. It's something that you kind of mull over. I'm I'm sure as a comedian as well as. Do you give people what they want or do you do what you want, you know? And over yeah. time, maybe you get respect for doing what you want, but it's difficult in the short term, I suppose. It's difficult if you're a comedian because you basically uh, play to silence. And yeah. if you're, well, I'm not saying if you do, no, what you, but if you, sometimes. Yeah, but like could. when you think about playing to silence, like yeah. all the good shit has probably played to silence at some point, you know? Because <laughs> it's kind of fucking with people's heads to the level where they're just not expecting what they're going to get. Yeah. And in a way, that's pushing shit forward. Yeah. And it's easier to go, haha, here's my, yeah. my routine. Now, I do believe that as a comedian, that if you can, uh, if you can get people to laugh at something that is quite subversive but they don't realise they're doing it yeah. that's a skill that yeah. you can over the years develop yeah totally you can get like these old ones laughing at mad shit yeah big time yeah. <laughs> you lure them in like the child catcher yeah. but they like you if they candy, like you yeah 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 <laughs> all free like. today <laughs> <laughs> candy man is here <laughs> yeah so you know that's that's the thing but anyway uh, and so you know I love I love all the mixes as well there were, uh, when did, that, when um, did that come about like how did that all the like some label who ripped me off actually in oh, the really? UK, yeah, they kind of licensed floating for a ridiculously mm. low sum of money, mm. and they. But they, in fairness to them, they got one really good remix, which is the Prince Thomas remix, yeah. and that's amazing. Oh, I mean, yeah, I still yeah. hear that out when I go out yeah. to clubs now, yeah. which is not very often anymore. But right, yeah. it's a great. Yeah, remix. I think I got that on uh, for a while. I was with a website called eMusic. Okay, where you pay and uh, they take a certain amount of money out of your account every month, and yeah. then you were. Free reign, but, yeah, and that's when I first found floating cool. and the remixes. Yeah, so. yeah. Now the Prince but, Thomas uh, one is really good. Yeah. Uh, that's the best one. There's another few, but that's mm. my favourite. And the one thing about floating, I was in. It was it came out in the Roaching Dove one night, and uh, the barman said, "Jeez, um, brilliant song," and he's going, "Yeah, it's fucking brilliant." But and then he says, "Yeah, but the only thing is, every time you hear it, you feel like getting a yoke." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's weird now. I feel like even though that's one, I have one song about ecstasy, which is that one. Yeah. And I feel like I'm the go-to yoke guy now. Yeah. Because like there was a, a documentary about drugs on on RTE2 a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. Of course, floating was the like tune they 
play. Yeah, yeah. And people yeah. still ask me, you know, and here's a funny one, actually. Yeah. There's a story going around about me that's not true. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Here's the story. I was, apparently, I was down at Other Voices last year, mm. right? which I was. Okay. You were there. I was actually there yeah, at Other yeah, Voices. Yeah. And apparently, somebody came up to me and was talking to a band from England. I'm not going to name any names here, okay? okay I'm just okay. going to tell you cool. the participants. So, somebody was talking to a band from England and they started talking about jokes. Right. Yeah. So then someone was like, you know, telling they were telling each other jokes, and I was standing at the bar. This yeah. didn't happen. By this the way. didn't happen. This, this is, is the not, story. This is the story. Yeah, yeah. Then those purple people came up to me and said, "Hey, Richie, do you have any jokes?" And I went, "Oh no, sorry, I've none with me Fuck. at the moment. <laughs> I've none like as if I had I had yokes. heard yokes." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the yeah. rumor is so basically people that people think you're I'm just pillhead, pill constantly up my face. <laughs> and the weird thing is, I like I very rarely do that. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'd say just once for me, the picnic every once year. Once a year, once a year <laughs> is good. Picnic, that's yeah, it, and yeah. then a year to recover, and yeah. then once again, go again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, and, and uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, so, um, oh, it was really annoying. Uh, did you get really annoyed when um, there was an interview in The Guardian and what's his name? Benson, is it? Brandon Benson. Brandon Benson. Called us Jabe. Called us Jabe. No, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because Jabe, a, I think it's a shit name for a band. I <laughs> wish that we were not called Jape. I think it sounds like a toilet cleaner. I've said this a few times. Yeah. It sounds like something you clean Jabe. your toilet with. And secondly, every time we, when we were doing any support Jabe, tours, I mean. they got their names so wrong. We had yeah. Jabe, Jade, which is even a worse name, Jade. Jade, yeah. So Jabe is actually not that bad. It's kind of bad. Jabe's not as bad as Jade, no. yeah. Jesus, but, try being called fucking Guernica. That's the yeah. shittest name ever. No one would get that right. Because so, yeah. it's hard to spell as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Larry yeah. Gogan could never get it right. Guernica. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, I saw I, the painting Guernica when I was in Madrid. Actually. Oh, yeah, I went to see it yeah, as well. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, yeah. brilliant. What was the next album then that came out after? Oh, that one was called Ritual. Ritual, And that was yeah. the one where I was a man on it and stuff like that. And that mm. did actually, that did well. We could, did it go, like with Jape, we do well in Ireland, but we've kind of had a disastrous career outside of Ireland, to be honest. Yeah. It's just now, it's, everything's always gone wrong. Mm. Like I remember after Ritual came out, doing the UK, doing London, yeah. and staying in a travel lodge, watching like Cash in the Attic, drinking cans of beer, <laughs> and like getting a text going, gig tonight is cancelled. It's like, okay, sound. Oh, no. <laughs> that kind the of stuff. Lodge, you know, yeah. The travel lodge. Oh, is I've like, been there. Eating those mini cheddars, just like, no, <laughs> I wish I was dead. Watching uh, Come Down With Me. Yeah. The whole week's yeah. worth in so a row. It's, it's Omnibus always, that, was, that was ritual. And actually a funny thing happened with my yeah. friend Matthew, who was on tour with me, because because we never had any money so we always had to tour I would love to tour as a full band yeah. but we couldn't afford that like, so yeah, like me yeah. and Maddie, two of us literally going over on the ferry with like seven or eight flight cases of equipment yeah. can't barely able to carry it yeah. and there was one moment when we were in London and we were carrying these flight cases down into the tube mm. and basically because there was only two of us one of us had to like guard the flight cases and kind of carry them down we had a two wheel truck mm. and there was one point when Matthew's like was we were walking down the stairs and Matthew's belt broke and his trousers fell down <laughs> And I, I remember looking in the eye. I looked in his eye. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah. "Oh man, what yeah. are we fucking? What are we doing?" Laurel and what? Hardy. This Laurel and Hardy shit, like totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. And then he used like one of those things. You know the things? Those elastic yokes with the hooks on the end of them. Oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. Used yeah. That, he used yeah. that for a belt then. Really? Yeah. yeah. Fuck. That's yeah. like some elf out in the country, farmer or something. Yeah, like that, yeah. But like that would never happen to a comedian. At least you can keep your dignity in public spaces. What do you mean it wouldn't happen? Well, you, you mean you, if your pants fell you, down, you're a comedian, you, you, it'd be you, okay? Well, you'd never have to carry fly cases on. Oh, all well, right, sorry, sorry. Or yeah, else yeah, try yeah. and convince London taxi men that like, your fly cases will fit in yeah. because we've got a taxi before. This is, this is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Work, work with the last guy. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I just have a flight case of jokes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you got so many jokes. Yeah, it's oh, unbelievable. You have yeah. to file through them. So a couple of iPads full. Ah, uh, and listen, come here. How did you end up doing the like? What What was your influence on the electronic? Like, because you've gone from redneck to, yeah. to electronic music. I mean, it's like, it's a, I think just, when I look at kids, I think it's good mm. actually. Nowadays, a lot of kids are into electronic music, but yeah. I don't know about you. I think we are roughly maybe the same age. No, but, that's but when, but do you remember growing up, like, it was your, your cure head, your metaler. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, it was very you know, distinct. It was so distinct. Yeah. Like, so yeah, basically, yeah, if yeah. you were into metal and you heard Erasure, you were like, fuck that shit. Like, yeah, no, yeah, no yeah, use. yeah. Whereas yeah. nowadays, kids are much broader. But yeah. I, I believe that even back then, when, uh, when I was younger, you're on a journey, so you're going to be mm. in the metal for a certain amount of time. But when you get a mm-hmm. bit older, you'll start to go, well, maybe this electronic sh- well, stuff. Well, what about craft bad. work, maybe? Well, craft work. Who are the band for me yeah. that kind of opened it up electronically? Um, I mean, t- oh, to be honest, taking pills was... was, was uh, yeah. You know, yeah. like going to the Tivoli, you're going to a rave, hearing techno music in that new yeah. way. Which like New Orders. Uh, Blue Monday. Uh, wrote Blue Monday. But when they were in Joy Division, apparently they, after gigs, they were always taken to gay clubs. Okay. And they started hearing dance yeah, music. Yeah, and yeah. that's how they ended up well, that makes sense, going that know? direction. Yeah. Yeah. Once it clicks, yeah. it's like a little switch in your head. Once it clicks, it yeah. goes on. Yeah. And it's kind yeah. of one thing that kind of not freaks me out, but annoys me a tiny bit about the whole Jape thing is that yeah. there are a lot of people who write it off because it's electronic music. Yeah. And to me, I feel like, oh, dude, you're just not. Just not there yet, like you know what I mean. Yeah, no, it's give you time. It's bullshit. Yeah. People take time to get to it, but for some reason, electronic music has a stigma with certain types of people. For some reason, yeah. I don't know why. Prudes, no. anti-abortionists, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuckers. Not much electronic music going down at the youth yeah. defence. Uh, Remember when Air though were really big? They really brought electronic yeah. music to the fore. It's like that, that whole thing. Uh, well, in any album. genre, there's going to be a, something that transcends Daft Punk as well. Yeah. Well, Daft Punk, yeah. Mm. Saw them in Marty Park actually. Yeah, mind blown. Yeah, yeah, never saw them. Oh, so good! Mm. And so it's funny, like as well. I think um, you're probably doing a lot of dance music, right? Yeah, like you, after, kind of. I mean, it's not all dance music. Weirdly, but now some I'm, of it I'm pulling away from it at the moment. But yeah, 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 I've done yeah. it in the past. I've done that. Well, but certainly at your gig, it's yeah. easy to dance. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, at the gigs, it's yeah. it's 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 electronic at the moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. and and but uh, I love I love everything, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I love it all. Like, I love all music, so it's hard to... And I think in a lot of ways, it's easier for people to like you if they can pigeonhole you into one particular yeah. bracket. So I feel like you're better off just being a dude with an acoustic guitar, to be honest. More more people are actually interested in that than being a, a dude. And it's fucking easier. Jesus. It's definitely easier, yeah, but like you got to ah, follow... come on. What you're doing is brilliant. So you got to follow your own don't be. voice. It's just so technical. Yeah. Our setups yeah. are so technical. It's such a pain in the ass. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. and so then I'm when now and when you won the uh, meteor, the choice thing, the choice. Sorry, yeah. uh, did that? Does that help? Well, I won it twice. Twice, yeah. Yeah, um, it helps in Ireland, I suppose. And yeah. ten grand definitely helps. Yeah. So bought a lot of equipment, studio equipment, microphones, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That was cool, but I mean, overall, it doesn't really matter. Don't think yeah. it matters outside of Ireland, right? Um, it matters to uh, Thomas Walsh. It seems to matter. What, to Thomas. Tell me the whole story here. He, he you know, here's my vibe going with Thomas Walsh. We're by the way, we're pals now. How are you? We made friends on you Twitter. Made friends on Twitter because Tom Dunn made their album the album of the week and our gig the album of the week, and he was like Israel and Palestine. Like. It's up to you, kind of thing. So yeah, I don't mind. I tell you what happened. The night I won the choice award in 2011, right, the second time, Pugwash yeah. were up for the, the award. Yeah, and uh, when I was walking out of the venue, one of the guys in Pugwash, I don't know which one. Well, I don't think it was Thomas, but said to me, we were going to buy a van with that money. And I was just like, okay, 
grand see you later so uh, that was the end of that mm. little affair and then they did a tour around Ireland and I know because I'm not gigging years like so I know all the promoters mm. they were slagging me off the stage uh, all their gigs around Ireland yeah. I didn't give a shit about that I, I didn't care about that I was like sour grapes whatever Yeah. two years later in the Sunday Times right yeah. Thomas Walsh slagged me in an interview in the Sunday Times right this was like two weeks after my mother died so I was like on Twitter going Fuck this dude, dude. Yeah. So I responded to him and we had a little bit of a verbal then. Yeah. And that was the end of that as far as I was concerned. Yeah. And then, just before the electric picnic this year, one of the lads out of band starts posting on my Facebook page saying, oh, you're completely shit. Blah, blah, blah. All yeah. this kind of stuff. Just before I left your picnic. So I was like, I, I, I was like, fuck this, I'm going in here now. So I started mm. saying, oh, you're just bitter because you didn't win the choice word. It's four years ago. Wake up, blah, blah, blah. It's just bizarre, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, so I now, I've engaged and I did... I, I, I'm getting a laugh out of it now. To be Did you I see was, on Twitter the guy put up the poster? That was class. That was amazing. Yeah. That was totally, <laughs> yeah, amazing. That was totally cool. I mean, it, to me, yeah. it's, it's like, I think it's like two flies fighting over a piece of shit, to be honest with you, Joe. Mm. It's not cool. It's, I'm not into beefs with any bands. Like, I'm not. Mm. I love all, like, if somebody's... Thomas, I think, is so into this idea of the craft of the song. Do you know what I mean? It's the yeah, song, I mean, the Beatles, like, the Kings, yeah, blah, blah, come here. The I, anything that's... I, I, I completely, I'm into that as well, you know? I mean, that's, yeah. that's a thing that exists, so fair play to you. Yeah. But it's not at the expense of anything else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you think that, you're closed-minded. And no mm. offence to Thomas, because he seems like a very craft-worthy man who can yeah. make a song, but all this stuff sounds like something that's already happened, you know? And like, like... There's nothing wrong with that yeah. per se, but you can't be going around saying other shit is shit if you're writing something that's like a fucking watered down Dunstores version of the fucking Beatles record or the ELO record, you know? Like, like bring something new to the table. And that's why an, an 18 year old guy with a laptop is fucking, for me, way more interesting than a load of bleeding middle aged men with fucking beanie hats on. Yeah. Well, look. I mean, fair play. He's written songs. Come on, he can write. He can write. He can write. I song. hear is I one of the not, best songs am, I've ever heard. I am in my not life. disagreeing that that Thomas can write good songs. I'm yeah. not saying that. What I'm saying is, I don't understand this idea that if I write a good song, it's fucking better than everything else. I don't understand that. To me, it's yeah. like if somebody's expressing themselves, even if they're not that talented, I'd be there going, like that's cool. You know, they're, they're using their voice to express themselves. Yeah, I would never say something is not worthy of uh, being good because I have the definitive answer on why songs are good because they need to be mm. crafted in this old school fashioned way and there's mm. nothing as I said there's nothing wrong with that old school fashioned not, way it's not it's easy to do it's not easy to do not it's easy not to easy write to a good do. song no way not for sure but mm. you kind of have to you kind of have to mm. go you gotta you can't be saying other shit you just I don't know Basically, you picked a fight with me. And yeah, yeah. He's from Dreamland, I think, and I'm from Crumlin. So, yeah. like, you want to so fight with me? I'll fight. I'm ready to go. Like, right, like, yeah. But I would not like to fight with him. And up to this point, mm. uh, up to the point when that happened, all that shit, I was like, Grant. I mean, it's not my cup of tea, but like, yeah. he's a talented dude. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Fair yeah. play to him. Yeah. And best of luck to him in the future. Is what right. I would say. Sure and it's just like it's just shite, really, isn't it? <laughs> like the whole thing. It's just it's a whole load of shit. I'd say if I went for a pint with him, we'd have a great laugh. I'd say you would, actually. He's yeah. quite a funny fella. Yeah, he's very like a funny fella. Yeah, he's got crack. Um, but sure, you know, it's better than being bland. You might as well have a fight. Anyway, you'd be the blur and an oasis of... Oh, uh, no. God, a few people have said that. It's not not true. It's it's just lame. Okay. It's like, I would like to say to Thomas now, Let's we're, we're finished with that. Yeah. I, don't even, I can't even believe I'm talking about this. Okay. That, they started it. 
Okay. <laughs> they started and it kept it going for four years and I'm responding now. I have been responding the last while. Right, I shouldn't yeah. have responded because now... Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Relax, okay. No, I'm not going to start on you, John. <laughs> now we're going to no, fuck I've this. I've banned the flames, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. fist fight. Put the microphone down. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. But come here, also, like, I get this idea that for, mu- for you, music has some kind of uh, therapeutic thing. Would that be correct? Yeah, 100% for me. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's all about for me, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah, everything. In like, what sense? Like, well, explain. for me, songwriting is like therapy. I mean, that sounds like the lamest LA fucking new age yeah, speaker. Yeah. But for me, that's actually true. I write yeah. songs all the time. I haven't actually been writing many recently, but yeah. I was, I write songs my whole life all the time. And just, I find them very good to sort of like work out any issues that you might have yeah. going on in your head. And most of them just sit on a hard drive and I never release them. Ever. Right. Oh, you then, put some out now Yeah, online. I stuck a couple of these yeah. demo ones up. Yeah. Just because, why not kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cool. And music what, is a is a beautiful and listening to music you find the same yeah big like, time yeah, yeah. yeah. always everything mm. I just look I live it you know it's like the only thing that keeps me sane to be I honest. love that that it's that important to you it's the most important thing in my it life means like, a even lot even like to you. it's my my little daughter and music are kind of like mm. probably the same level that's how important it is to me because yeah. I couldn't live without music and like. That's is actually true. I couldn't live without it, you know. Even when my ma was dying and all, everything mm. that was going on, anything hard time in my life, it's always been the solace I get from music. It's the only thing that kind of like keeps you going mm. for me. So it is that important. Because it's cool. Like if you're in a good mood, you listen to music, great. If you're in a bad mood, listen to music, great. If you're sad, listen to music, great. You know, it's the one thing that can kind of, it's a bam for all your mm. uh, problems. But then do you actually listen to music do you sit because a lot of people do stuff now while they're listening to music now my favourite is you walking around with headphones yeah right yeah. walking around city with headphones that's uh, my absolute favourite oh cool because that's the best way to listen to music do you know that guy on Etrix Point, Point Never one Etrix Point Never I'm afraid not he's a, he's a new album out on Warp Records okay, uh, it's an amazing out. record yeah and it's the best walking around with headphone music that you could ever hear yeah yeah I'll check that so out that's my recent tip yeah, I, there's an interview with Donald Deneen on another podcast that that comes from this stable of podcasts, seven three eight AM. But yeah, I've just listened to it, and it's he's he's so into music. Oh, but Donald, he's I mean, Donald incredible. has been one of the major supporters of Jape since the very beginning. You know, yeah, and not just Jape, so many Irish bands. You know, I think it's a total travesty that he's not on. That's waves, terrible. You know? That's, I used to listen to him coming back from gigs. Yeah, coming back from gigs. Yeah, yeah we used yeah. to text him and all. Like coming back from gigs, be like, "All right, yeah. Donald, we're listening in, play Cody Chestnut or something." And like, yeah. he'd always be like, "This is for the lads on the road." There, yeah. like, yeah, he's he's just such and a. He he uh, talks about how he planned. He would plan the whole show. Yeah, he just he put everything into it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. He, yeah, I know, and you could really mm. tell. And it's kind of sad that. It was on so late and people just don't really appreciate that level of planning, you know, to a mm. certain extent. People are kind of stupid, mainly. I, I wonder, is there any way you can do it as a podcast, that kind of Donald and Ian type show? That's a good idea. I hope. Yeah. I know he's been in here and maybe maybe that's a possibility uh, in the future because, uh, yeah, the way he talks about music is incredible. I mean, he talks about it from growing up. He grew up in the Kerry yeah. and uh, it was an escape. Like, you, you know where you're... I grew up in the countryside as well. Yeah. You're in the middle of nowhere. Music is just, it's 
it's an escape. It's an yeah, yeah, it's, it's the same an, for me. Though, you know what I mean? you know? Yeah, it's like it's, it's something. It's, it's just it's a door to another world. Or, yeah, I should say in the city, it's the same, but because yeah. you're li- yeah, it's, you just it's, yeah, it's mm. like when you listen, to, and also when you're younger as well. Like I'm sure your son, when you listen to music, it has a magical property where you feel differently from hearing mm. a song. You know mm. that you lose that bit when you get older, but when you're younger, music can can really really change you as a human being. Like and that is yeah. it's power. You know, it's amazing. I know it's when that you know that Lou Reed song rock and roll and he goes Julie says when she was just five year old yeah she, um, I can't remember she just started listening to that fine fine music yeah. her life has changed by rock and roll it's brilliant yeah. it's brilliant that she was five yeah and that's what yeah. I love about that yeah. song that's one that's hitting me yeah. at the moment because my daughter's two yeah. and a half and yeah. I'm wondering at what point she's going to start remembering what's happening you know yeah. so up to now obviously she won't remember anything but now she's so lucid and stuff I'm starting to think. When will she start? Like you know your earliest memories and stuff. Yeah, yeah. When will that sort of kick in? You know. Yeah, it's cool, and I hope music will be a part of that for her. You know, she likes reggae music for some bizarre reason. I'm not. I, I like reggae, but yeah, she seems to like reggae music. All right, cool. Lee Scratch Perry and uh, <laughs> really King, King Tubby. Yeah, she likes those frequencies. And what age is she? Two and a half. Two and a half. Right. Yeah. And your partner is Swedish, is it? Yeah. She. And you're living in Malmo, Malmo is it? Yeah. Yeah. Malmo. Yeah. That's cool. It's, cool it's okay. It's yeah. grand. It's cheap to live. Uh, yeah. I have a studio there, which is cool. And and, and you're doing stuff now with um, this other musical thing. Uh, oh God, it's another guy. Diman. Li- Diman. Diman. Yeah. No, we yeah. haven't done anything in a while. Matt oh, is, Matt is a graphic designer. Okay. And um, whenever he's not busy, but he's always busy. Okay. Whenever he's not, we do stuff together. It's like right. electronic, and it's he's in the Redneck Manifesto as well. All right. So okay. and he lives in Malmo too. So yeah. it's just an excuse for us to. Uh, to jam together you know right, and yeah. go for a couple of beers afterwards yeah because that's the thing I miss when you're over there on your own it's like living in a bubble a bit you know and it's kind yeah. of gets a bit like you miss human yeah. interaction a bit is it dark up there yeah. it gets so dark Joe two, yeah. half two in the day it starts getting dark shit and it's like grey and the sky feels like about as high as like the ceiling yeah there, 10 feet off the ground Um, yeah it can get pretty grim and that's why they don't like people drinking, I think, isn't it? Well, it's suicide is like suicide the highest really in high, Scandinavia. Yeah. And you can see why when you go there. Like, yeah. That sad syndrome thing. Yeah, seasonal seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, affective. Nobody leaves their uh, apartment in the winter. They yeah. just don't leave the gaff, basically. So <laughs> oh, shit. It's grim. <laughs> yeah. it's grim. You're not working for a Swedish tourist board, no, are you? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I get to come back over a lot. And if I don't, yeah. if I don't come back... For like say a month, and they're going. Oh, I need to go back. I have to go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are you playing? That's, are you over to play the Vicar Street gig? Is that why you're? Yeah, over? I'm rehearsing mm. from tomorrow now mm-hmm. till the Vicar Street gig, and mm. then I have another couple of things before Christmas. Uh, probably going to be here till after Christmas, and then go back uh, in January, start of January. All right, cool. And be there for a while. Well, uh, thanks a million for coming in. Thanks so much, Joe. That was good buzz. Yeah, it was good crack. So uh, I'll get you to. Do a tune. What are you going to do? I'll do a song. It's a quiet song that I've written recently called So Weird. So Weird, yeah? Yeah. Cool. You wake up thirsty, you have pink skin. We speak so softly of the Where the cities pray we had Nothing left to want But our needs appear deeper Than our needless fronts And we both know 
Richie Egan there and he has thrown down the gauntlet to Thomas Walsh of Pugwash one more time so I must get Thomas back up and uh, get him in the studio and we'll have part two of the Thomas Walsh Pugwash interview uh, and we'll take it from there so uh, next week I've got an interview with with, with a rap duo called Deja Vu that I saw at the Bear in the Woods Festival during the summer and um, that's cool um Listen, if you're enjoying the the uh, podcast, give us a give us the L five stars there on iTunes or and uh, reviews and hook up with me on Twitter. I'm on t- uh, Joe Rooney one. Uh, also, there's an interview with me in the latest Irishman Abroad podcast from Jarlith Regan. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, so thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing and. Uh, uh, Let's have a a good 2016 together on Potterooney. And there's also other podcasts on Castaway Media that you can have a listen to on the website. So thanks for Daniel Rooney for the old uh, music and all that. And uh, Andrew Mangan for producing. And I'll see you next week. Have a great week, whatever you're at. Bye.
Oh yeah, if you're in Barcelona, I am doing a gig on Friday the 8th in the Shamrock Bar in Barcelona. And I'm going to be talking to a... a bye, fuck it, bye. This was a Castaway Media production. Find more great podcasts on our network. Visit castaway.media. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.